0: this show is for you.
1: We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most
0: important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Okay, well, welcome to this week's episode of the Family Brand Podcast. You're in for, I think I say this all the time, but like (laughs) seriously, a real treat with uh, Jonathan, Nicole Cottrell. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having us.
3: Thank you so much. So
0: I, I've known Jonathan for years through the world of business, and I've always been impressed with just how intentional he and Nicole are with their family. Like I, you hear us talk about this a lot on the podcast. I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes it's easier to be more intentional about our businesses than mm-hmm. our own homes and families. And I think it takes even more effort and work. And anytime I see a family who is really intentional and living out their values and really living in alignment to them, it always stands out to me and impresses me. And so I wanted Jonathan and Nicole to come on and just talk about how they how they live out their family's values and how because I really think that one of the biggest risks around mission, vision, values in a company or a family is that it's really easy to let them just be words on a wall. Well, first of all, it's easy to not even create them. Yeah. <laughs> Second, it's easy to create them and then just have them be words on a wall that you reference once in a while and have to look them up because you don't really know them. And then third, it's like really live by them Mm -hmm. and the culturals really live in alignment with their values and their mission, which I love is their mission is to live and love freely, which I think had something to do with them selling their home and deciding to spend their summers abroad. And Mm so they've spent. So why don't we just start there? Tell us like, yeah, tell us how the mission of to live and love freely led to kind of selling your home and traveling abroad.
4: Maybe Mm -hmm. maybe even before that. Um. (laughs) Like a really brief, tell us, you know, about your family.
0: Yeah. Okay. Melissa's yeah, here to ask the really important sure, yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, okay. So we have uh, three kids, um, 16, almost 17, daughter, uh, Riley. We have a just turned 15 year old son, Tolan, and then about to turn 12 this week, um, Beckett. So two boys and a girl. Um, we homeschool. We've homeschooled from the beginning, as they say. Um, what else?
3: Yeah, very entrepreneurial from from the get-go. And Nicole's been very supportive of that journey all the way through, which has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that journey always has ups, downs, lefts, and rights as well.
2: Yeah, famous last words. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> all entrepreneurs. Or, or uh, <laughs> hey,
3: babe, I just got an amazing new domain name. Correct. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> cooking.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so our, our mission statement, I'm not, I don't entirely remember how it came about, but our family mission statement, but Jonathan and I both have a high value for freedom and it shows itself differently in our personalities, but both of us, we don't, you know, the concept of being tied down or feeling restricted or, um, you know, just being limited, I think is something that kind of scares mm-hmm. both of us. But we wanted to press into that in a healthier way and say, well, actually, it's not that we're scared so much of being tied down, but that we actually and en- we enjoy freedom and how can we embrace that? And Jonathan started talking about the idea that a lot of times people um, structure their, they don't structure their lives, I should say, around what they value. We just kind of let, let life happen to us. Yeah. And we started talking about, well, how do we actually structure our life to align with our values, not the other way around, which is what mm. it's a lot mm. of times for people. And that was kind of the beginning, I think, of that process.
3: Yeah, I think unpacking that a little bit, just the idea that most people get backed into their lives based on the constraints that they're already within. So Mm -hmm. I have this job, my kids go to this school, I live in this home and I pay this mortgage, whatever it might be. And so as a result of those walls and that box that has been created, you start to structure and make decisions because of that rather than going the other way around and saying, what is it that we want to build and build towards? What do we want our lives to look like? And then do the hard work. It might be hard work for a little while to get out of those boxes, out of those constraints, but then start working towards what it is that you envision. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. And we just did an episode, I think, a week or two ago about the model of have, do, be versus be, do, have. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of people are like, well, what do I want to have? And then I get backed into what do I have to do? And then I ultimately get backed into, oh, well, this is who we've become, but it was kind of by accident instead of like what you're saying, get out ahead of it and like, "No, oh, like what's the life we really want to live. And let's, let's make that the priority and make that the focus. And it's so cool. I mean, and, and clearly you have done that and you're doing it because of how you're living out your life. And it's like, Living a life by design instead of by default. And I think it's so weird, though, how all of us are so susceptible to having our family be the last consideration and the lives we actually want to live be the last consideration in all of it. Mm -hmm. When it's like, well, no, it's our lives, like it's our family. That should be the first consideration and things should be built around that. But it's really easy to lose sight of that.
2: I think, it's of course, especially for entrepreneurs, I think it's so easy for uh, a business to become a baby. You know, you're growing it, you're nursing it, you're caring for it, you're investing in it, you're up all night with it, you know, those things are real. Um, Jonathan, to his credit, though, I don't feel like we were ever secondary. I do feel like we were always first priority. But there are of course seasons, and there are seasons where you have to press in and you have to spend more time on your company. That's a real thing. So not to negate that at all, but also to say we talk a lot about seasons. We know there are seasons for that press-in time. We know there are seasons where we recoup and we like, spend more time together and we hunker down and have that time because we know the next season might be more late nights or travel or you know work travel, whatever it might be. So yep. we do think a lot about seasons and how that kind of affects our family dynamic too. Good.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's great. I love the idea of the seasons.
4: Okay, t- I want to hear about um, going back to your travel. Tell us about your yeah your adventures that you've been taking
3: yeah well uh, a couple years ago as our daughter was entering into high school or about to enter um into high school we were had this i i guess it was right before Where, where when was it i don't even know wait years wise i guess it was right after covid mm-hmm. and um really what we were thinking about just had the idea kind of pass by hey, sell the house and and get out and start traveling. I was like, that's a crazy idea. I threw it aside. About a week later, the idea pops in my head again. And so um, when that happens, I'm like, okay, uh, Lord, what are you doing? So I'm just trying to pay more attention and discern like what's happening. This idea kind of feels random. So I start praying about it. I talk about it. I, I come in, Nicole, I say, hey, Nicole, No, this is going to sound crazy, but what if we sold this house and we think is our forever house where we thought we were going to be grandparents and uh and start living abroad during the summers she goes i had the same idea this week and i was like okay uh something's <laughs> uh, happening so right from there it was like um you know we we talked with some uh family members we prayed about it consulted some folks and then i think two weeks later our house was on the market Months month later it was sold basically from the point of our original conversation to us uh living in a a rented house um and then um actually living in south africa it was about five months
2: from that point really blazingly fast it
3: was very very fast and we're just very thankful um for what it's been so last year we were in south africa um this uh year we spent time primarily in asia primarily in thailand but we did japan and singapore and malaysia and um I don't know some other spots as well. So that's um, amazing. Yeah. Any, uh,
0: any ideas for next, this upcoming summer, 2024?
2: uh, Jonathan's main goal is to hit all the continents. So, uh,
3: <laughs> so yeah. Antarctica next, yeah. next. The yeah. That's where he's headed
2: <laughs> no. And we will be waving to him from <laughs> uh, mainland. No, uh, probably South America, um, for a few different reasons. So that's where we're leaning, but, yeah, I always when we've had the opportunity to share this story with people, I do always say like, it sounds so glamorous and like, wow. People are like, we wish we could do that. We want to sell our house and travel the world with our kids. And, I mean, yes, that is technically what happened. However, it's not that easy, easy of course, yeah. or yeah. simple. Where, um, you know, we had a lot of uh, big emotions around it. Mm-hmm. Um, we one of our children had a very difficult time. Very difficult time. Leaving their childhood home, um, moving to another place. Also, we should say we, we moved to a, we intentionally moved to a very different neighborhood. We moved to a much more diverse neighborhood, but very different socioeconomically on purpose. We wanted to be around people that were different mm-hmm. from us in lots of good ways and um, really just it expo- exposure and all of these things. And so it was just, uh, there was a lot of bumps. It wasn't yeah. just this like, fun thing it wasn't Um, smooth all the way yeah Uh, but it was of course awesome and we had a really wonderful time in cape town and we we learned so much as a family and you know it was a great first place for us to land but uh those those adventures and like living on your family mission isn't without some of the well just the messiness of you know life and the hard hard times that go along with it like the good stuff is good and the hard stuff is part of that
3: our, our, one of our family, well, our five family values are trust Jesus, love well, give thanks, work hard and take risks. And so, you know, I think we have seen all of those come to bear as we've gone, gone about this, this effort. And yeah, that's been great. That's
0: awesome. It reminds me when you're talking to the the Helen Keller quote, life is either one daring adventure or nothing at all, or, you know, not, not nailing that perfectly, but We went to uh, Europe for five weeks of summer and hopped around, did some other things. And you know, we've had people along the way be like, kind of, you know, what do you think life is? Just like one big adventure. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We kind of (laughs) do. Yeah, like you nailed it. You know, that's right. And adventures are like perilous. Like people get frostbit on -hmm. adventures. People perish in adventures. People have really hard things. And yeah, there's like these exciting times and these you know joyous. And it's like. But I love this idea of adventure and all that it, all that uh, the lessons that that come with it, and we've certainly experienced that. Do you
3: remember? Okay. Do you remember the uh, store accessories? It was in the mall. Um, it had like all those, you know, kind of cheesy sayings, but uh, you know, like a soccer ball, and it's like you'll miss one hundred percent of the goals. Okay, <laughs> got that. Um, or there was one. It was a ship. Uh, on stormy seas and it said a ship is safe in the harbor but that's not what ships were made for so um to give you an idea that is all i had on my wall when i was a kid like those were the posters (laughs) that i had on my wall so i think to to that point like you're not going to get the reward without the risk you're not going to um you know experience that and it's going to be hard but that's part of what makes it worth it
0: yeah i love that that reminds me of the no fear t-shirts back in the day like (laughs) <laughs> similar, very similar, yeah, yeah. My favorite "No Fear" T-shirt was uh "Hold my trophy while I kiss your girlfriend." Oh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> my mom hated that shirt in junior high. um I think more important things. Melissa, well, what you going to say? Well,
4: it reminds me of a conversation I was having with someone earlier this week who was contemplating um, selling, you know, their home and moving to a very different location, um moving from Canada to the southern U.S. um But she was just asking. Like, what were the implications for your teenagers? Because um, we moved from Arizona to Hawaii um, in 2021. We lived there for a year. So she was asking me, like, what was that like for your kids? Did they adjust? And as I was reflecting on her question, I thought, you know, it reminded me of all the very hard things, especially, you know, as my for my older kids. But also those very hard things and that getting out of their comfort zone about it reminded me of all the wonderful things that came out of that for our family and and for our kids that I would not have happened. A hundred percent would not have happened if we had just stayed where, where we were at. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. You know, one other thing too, that Nicole and I have talked about quite a bit is that it's two things. One, I mean, it's a risk as parents. I mean, cause you know, we envision a day in which we're grandparents and our kids are near us and we want that to happen. But also like doing all of this trying it it runs the risk of our kids being far gone from us down the road and we have no idea what the full fruit of this is going to be what these seeds are going to produce mm-hmm. over over the rest of their lives so we can see some of that early fruit now in fact it's been probably earlier than we anticipated in some cases but also who knows what it's going to do for them, for their character and yeah. what they do?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We know it's shaping them far beyond what we can see in the immediate. Um, and it's probably going to help shape some of maybe what they do in the future, where they live, who they marry, where they what kind of job or they might seek out um, being exposed to different places in the world is bound to do that when you're a young person. So, yeah, they could. Well, we know our middle son, he's already has plans to move to Japan like that is on That's okay. his. That is his next step, and uh, he's thinking about it all the time. He's yes. at the fifteen, yeah. so um, you know we don't know. We we know that it's going to definitely have a big impact on them far into the future, but it's just exciting to see.
0: Yeah, I do think it's it is fascinating how much it that can shape them. And, and Melissa and I, one time, we were taking our three oldest down to Guatemala, and there was a woman that we sat next to on the plane who was a college professor. And she's like, I think it's so wonderful. You're bringing your kids and you travel with them. And she told Melissa that I can tell within the first week of class every year when I have new students, Mm. which of the students have traveled, whether they tell me or not. Wow. That's That's amazing. Just because of just their confidence and just the way they navigate things and the questions they ask. And so it's like, yeah, who knows how it will shape them. That is really interesting and exciting to think about. How it could influence, you know, because we have that same vision of like we're all gonna live within a square mile of each other and see our kids right. every day. Like <laughs> right. And part of me hopes that they do go on crazy adventures and it gives yeah. us a reason to go visit them all the time and you know. You're like,
2: hey, if you go there, we'll be there too.
3: That's so. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I actually I talked with someone who did a lot of travel. I mean, he he probably did about 40 countries or so before um he had uh his first uh child with his wife. And um he had said that it produced actually more of a grounding in him later in life. Like he he actually was, he, he had seen so much. And so coming back, he's like, America's pretty great. I like it here. Um, He still loves to travel. He still goes. But um it, because he did that, he had less wanderlust later mm-hmm. on. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That of was system. Yeah. I think it can go either way for people.
3: Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And it is crazy,
0: though, how much... Like the only reason we moved to Hawaii was because I think really our, our family value of Smiths are adventurous. It was that one value of saying it enough to actually believe it and actually start exploring. Well, what would it actually look like to live that out? You right. Know? Um, not that you have to move to Hawaii to be adventurous, but for us, that's just what occurred to us is like, that would be a way for us at this time. That's what's calling to us
4: very similar story to yours actually yeah, yeah that's
2: so cool
0: good
4: yeah
2: i know uh i think back like what if we hadn't like listened or done that thing and you know people thought we were i think some people thought we were bonkers like some of our family members were like you're gonna do what now and you're gonna sell your biggest asset and you're gonna you know walk away from that and um also we know it's a privilege to even have a house that we could sell that yeah. we could take money from and you know, put into savings and all of the things around that. And we were like, yeah, we are. And we kind of right after we were like, man, we feel so free. We were yeah. so the relief. We actually we didn't even know that we were going to feel that. That wasn't even mm. part of our um, thought process. We were just like, well, let's go travel. Yeah. But there was a totally different benefit and side effect that happened. And we couldn't have even anticipated that. Um,
3: I, th- I think what you're talking about, too, is this idea that And Nicole at one point said, this makes sense. You know, you don't work for a company, you work for yourself. Our kids aren't in a normal school. We homeschool. We're actually not part of like an institutional church. We've done home churches like our entire life. Yeah. It makes sense that we wouldn't like be part of the system and have a mortgage and just like do this, you know, traditional thing. But there's so much, like you said, living by default, you just kind of fall into. And it's not like we see, you know, owning a house or as bad it just for us it made sense and it really does free us up I mean we also like really crammed down from Mm -hmm. I mean less than half of the square footage we had so we're on top of each other now and what that has produced even within our home is just like more togetherness
2: yeah I I had read some blogs about Like tiny house living, not that we're in a tiny house, but we're in a much, much smaller home (laughs) and we don't have room to spread out like we used to. We used to be able to hide from each other in our (laughs) last house. It was big. It was too big, honestly. And uh, the closeness that we've created, even just being like in a smaller space and having to kind of be in each other's business more is also been an unexpected benefit that we didn't really anticipate, but that we enjoy. Yeah. I
0: love that we've had similar experiences and it's funny our, our favorite um, accommodations was this little when we went and did Europe it was this tiny little Airbnb in Switzerland had low ceilings, but it was <laughs> just so cozy. cozy. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. like, and we just loved it. And we were all over each other, but it just felt so good in there. It was awesome. Yeah. Um. Oh, go ahead.
4: Well, I'd love to shift with it being the beginning of a school year. I was just having a conversation with a, with a different mom the last few days who is homeschooling, um, their eighth grader for the first, the, for the first time ever. They've never homeschooled before. And so again, it had me, she was asking me advice and suggestions and it just had me thinking like back to the beginning of, of our homeschool journey. And I'd love to hear, you know, maybe just ask you about your homeschool journey, how did you decide to homeschool? And then, you know, if you were talking to someone that was contemplating homeschooling, what would be your advice for them? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Well, to be honest, I had never met a homeschooler
2: until I met Jonathan. Um, So I grew up in public school system with a single mom and I didn't know any homeschoolers. And I really thought they were all just weirdos.
3: Uh and she was right. And
2: I was in
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: um he was very neutral with me. He was like, I'm never gonna pressure you, like whatever we whatever we end up praying about and deciding for our family, that's what we're gonna do. And by the time I had a kindergartner, I had a three year old and a newborn, and I was just tired. And I was like, Man, I do not want to get in my car and dress all of you people and drive to a building. And then take you there and then drive back a few hours later with a three-year-old and a newborn. So I'm just going to keep you home for one year. And that was, I never put her in school. And then we just kept going. Um, So I really do say it was accidental. I really never intended to homeschool. And I certainly didn't intend to homeschool all the way through. Um, But once I really embraced it, I was like, okay, this is, it makes sense. Like Jonah was saying for how we already live, Um, non-traditional and a lot of ways or i should say unconventional maybe is a better term that yeah it has been great for us um advice gosh i don't know that's so hard i think that keeping it on your main motivator is so helpful because my main reason for wanting to homeschool besides just being tired at the time was i really wanted my kids to have as much childhood as they could Mm -hmm. and that was just so hugely important for me i don't think that was something that i got to experience for a lot of different reasons. And so that being my kind of guiding motivator, when you can clue in on that, what, you know, it's cliche, but like your why, why is this important to you? That's really encouraging on the hard days and the bad days and the days when you call your spouse and you're like, why are we doing this? I wanna quit, I'm putting them all in school on Monday because we all have those days. But I just would think, man, I really want them to squeeze out every last drop of childhood goodness and be kids for as long as they can. And I think homeschool has been one of the ways that we've been able to do that. There are many benefits to homeschooling, but that's one of my favorite.
3: Two two other things I'll just briefly add on to what she said is that one, I think, you know, coming back to values too, like, what is it that you want to produce in your children? Mm So, you know, we have our family values. I mean, that's going to be key, uh, but we also even just have a almost like a rubric for us of saying what is it that we want to produce in our kids by the time they're leaving our home and it was really like three things godly character strong communication and problem solving and we think like if they get one of those that's great if they get all three of those as they leave our our home um and go out into the world they'll be really well equipped uh for for what it is that um they're going to go out and and be and do um and then secondarily Uh, I think this travel is one way we've done it, but also Nicole, um, really embraced the Charlotte Mason methodology and philosophy in our, um, homeschooling. So, um, she, uh, has started something called stories of color too, but really like this idea of like literature and viewing the world, um, through these, uh, windows and mirrors of, of books and literature. So I think in the same way that we want our kids to experience different perspectives Mm -hmm. and culture in the world through travel. Um she also does very much um, within education as well. Yeah. Storiesofcolor.com it out. Oh, my Check gosh, she's me. <laughs> well, that's cool. It's
4: something that you you yourself have developed.
2: Yeah. Jonathan and I started it together a couple of years ago. So yeah, it's really a resource for homeschoolers, but it's kind of grown for educators yeah. in general. But yeah, it's just it's a catalog essentially of Thousands of diverse living books. So people can find books that reflect their family culture, their family heritage, um, places around the world, learn about people that look like you and don't look like you.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I'll I'll link that um in the show notes and I'll check it out myself too.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I um, you know, one of the things too that I think happens sometimes in this is in everywhere in life, school systems, workplaces, where it's just Everything's so focused on doing, like, what do we got to do to do the next thing? What do we got to do? So it's like, do, 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 do. And so much of our journey that, you know, around just personal growth, personal development has been around this idea of like being and who are we being and who are we becoming. And I, I think that that's another benefit the homeschool can offer is it's not so much focused on doing and like, what, what curriculum are we doing or what, what assignments are we doing? And it can be mm-hmm. more focused on like, who are we helping our children become and who are they, who are they yeah. becoming and who are they being? Um, well, this is amazing. And like, I I knew this would happen. And I told myself, was like, I think we could probably do like a, a 10, 10 episode series with the cocktails because there's so many things to talk about. And, um, so I love, you know, one of the questions we always ask families is like, okay, hey, what are you known for more than anything? What are your values? You've obviously shared all that. Yeah, Um,
4: such a beautiful example of what having, you know, this vision and values, like what that can actually look like, implementing it and integrating it into your
0: family. It's very cool. Yeah, totally. So I guess in closing, if there was, let's, because I think I actually, it's been our experience that a lot of families have a desire to live like this. When I say live like this, just live more free in a way that's aligned with who they really want to be and who they are. And maybe that's never been modeled for them and their family or it's just scary or so I I would love to hear from both of you what would you say to a family who is starting to feel the itch to like I want to do something different Mm -hmm. I want to live free but and yet there's a ton of pressure from our family school system our society
3: Mm -hmm. I think the first piece of advice um, it's not something I would have thought of but as you ask the question it's what comes to mind I was talking with someone he was talking about, um, being visionary or, or having vision. And, and as I've talked with some people about that lately, I, I communicated that it's not a vision unless it's written down. And so I think just the starting point is not just dreaming about what's possible or talking about it, but actually doing the work to synthesize that, articulate it and put it down on paper. It doesn't mean that it has to be final. It can be a working draft, but then iterate on that and get it to a point where you say, this is it. And then continue to believe that, put it up in your home, put it on your mirrors and your screensavers on your mobile phone. But until it's written down, it's not real. And that is, I think, the birthplace of then what that vision and that dream and that life could become. But you have to have something that you're chasing towards. And until it's, it's there, it's not real.
2: I, love that. Uh, I would say a step further from that, because I think, or we mentioned even earlier that a lot of times people will write down values and they'll put them on the wall, but they don't do mm-hmm. anything with it. You know, it's just hanging there. It's a nice idea. Um, I think one thing that Jonathan's really good at consistently that we've all learned from in our family is to take inventory. And if you say like, well, let's do this thing, but then nothing happens. I mean, that's easy to do. But taking inventory where you actually are assessing and saying, we, he'll sit us down with the kids and be like, okay, these are our family values. What are we doing really well right now? And what are we not doing well? And it's convicting. We're like, oh, we know, like we generally usually know like, oh, you know, giving thanks as easily. That's one of our family values. And there's been more grumbling and whatever that might look like. And taking stock and in inventory, I think is one way to help keep yourselves accountable, your children accountable with each other. Are we, what we're doing, what we believe in, does it look like, how we're living are we living out this thing that we say we care about? um we take inventory with the kids to like after a trip, we say, "What are your takeaways? What was most impactful to you? What surprised you the most? What did you learn? you know what was different than you expected it and these these kind of processing this stuff out for them, it helps us just hone in on like what's good, how do we do it? How do we get better and at? How do it, we keep doing and it, and how do we yeah maintain it essentially yeah. and so I don't know. I think taking personal inventory, um, inventory as a family, you know, those are the things that have encouraged me the most um, and just kind of put a fire under me too to, you know, live like we say we want to live and look like we want to look.
0: I love that. I actually think it's a beautiful combination of the two of like, yes, let's create a vision of what's possible, get it on paper. And then let's take an inventory of asking, like, are we living in alignment to that vision? Because it's easy. It's easy to do. Neither of those have the vision, yeah. not actually right. take an inventory, take an inventory all the time, but it's like, of what? Right. Like, yep. you know, yeah. so yeah, I love that. And look, you know, I think that's a huge part of the purpose behind this podcast is to help maybe inspire families to think bigger about what's possible for them. Mm-hmm. Like you really can be the family you want to be. You really can live the life you want to live. You know, you really can be the the spouse, the parent, you know, that that mm-hmm. you want to be. So Well, thank you so much for coming on you guys are an inspiration to us i'm inspired um we'll link to like we said stories of color thank you for sharing that and yeah we just appreciate you being a light out there in the world and being an inspiration to families like ours likewise Likewise. thank you thanks
1: for inviting us thank you so much for listening to the family brand podcast to say thank you we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you
0: you know we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed